Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, I should do a new beat every time. Oh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Is that a new beat? <laughs> I mean, well, you know, like, it's not my normal, like, Broadway beat. Like, mm, hey, hey, hey. You know, I'm, well, you know, I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I can dig. <laughs> How are you, Mandra? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Good. I'm Tiffany. I always forget to introduce ourselves, right? I mean, I know who you are. <laughs> whatever but people might be new they may be like well who are these people <laughs> uh hey guys i'm mandra <laughs> and we are brown ambition <laughs> um so i feel like we haven't like you know what's new in the zoo i saw your um ig stories which i loved of like your updates with like the um the house renovations first of all i love the drawings yeah. Like, yeah, that was awesome, honestly. I was like, ooh, I can see it. It's like broke ass property brother <laughs> <laughs> documenting my house project. Yeah, we're really it's coming along really good. We're getting toward the end. We're having um yeah, we're having some final inspections and talking about furniture now. So it seems like we will we'll definitely get in there before I mean knock on wood, before Thanksgiving is still my goal. Oh, I'm so jealous. Uh we're definitely not gonna get before Thanksgiving. We um we've got one of our apartments. We're just waiting for the other two. Um, and so it's just we're kind of like a little bit halted. But one good news is that so for the master bath, I've always wanted a separate shower, a separate tub, and um, looking for a tub for Superman has not been easy because he's six six. And mm. um, I found one though, and it's like it's beautiful, but not it's big, but not like obnoxiously big. And like his, I he actually even though he um he's got long legs, you know, obviously because he's six six, but it's actually his torso and up that's longer that makes him taller. So he's able to sit in this tub and his- I, I'm like really picturing him in the tub and I feel uncomfortable. No, and his book clothes. <laughs> like we, we went to this tub place. I don't know. Have you ever, you know, like lately we've been going to a lot of um kind of like off market, um, like bath places or not even just bath places, but furniture places. Like those places I, on the highway that you always drive by, but like you never really go in until <laughs> you need a tub. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we went to this place and I really liked it. And I was like, okay, sit in it. And his legs stretched all the way out. I was like, I think this is the tub. So there's that piece of good news. Cause I didn't know, you know, cause I'm, he's more of a bath person, honestly, than I am. Like I'm, I'm more of a shower and then occasional bath, but he'll, you know, I feel like he'd take a bath every day. If he could, but our bathtub now is like traditional size, which is like, you know, too small. So yay for that. I mean, we're, we're, we were moving really quickly and now like grinding to an halt because we're waiting, but 
I mean, I feel I feel like a January move in is is likely, which I'm nervous about because of Jersey weather. But you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. All that stress management. What else is going on? So I officially declared next Tuesday work from home Tuesday for the people that report to me because I want everyone to have ample time and flexibility to get out and vote. Yes, please, Jesus. Get out and vote. Si se puede. Get out there. Um, yeah, it just feels like if you, you know, midterm elections, it feels like this has more hype than even la- even the presidential election did, which is kind of sad to me. But um, the stakes are huge. The stakes are so huge. Um, I mean, this is going to determine control of the two chambers of Congress. I mean, this, is, this has massive implications. Um, and if you're upset, if you're feeling like, you know, the government is not working for you, the only thing you can do is vote. Exactly. No, I agree. You just look like, is this real life? I wonder, like, I wonder one day when I'm like a grandma, um, like what my kids or my grandkids will say about this time. Like, is it true, grandma, that you had an idiot named? I'm like, oh, Lord, girl, don't talk about those times. We call those the dark ages. Listen, <laughs> the Holocaust happened. Slavery happened. We are capable of great terribleness. Like, yes, we are. Um, all, you know, all we can do is vote. I am. Um, I'll tell you one 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 thing that is giving me so much hope right now is so my mom. I've talked about her on the show before. She is um, the she's the woman that I think a lot of people are talking about. White Midwestern women who voted for Trump, and um, you know, like how are they going to vote this time? How is their perception of Trump changed? And like, I don't know. I've I've talked about before how delicate it's been talking to my mom about politics. I mean, we we had. Ma- like terrible, like earth shattering fights the the year after the election, um, and then we just decided we cannot have a relationship if we just talk about politics. So we just stopped altogether, and um, it's like walking on eggshells with her. You know, I try not to mention anything. It's it's been difficult, but okay. I was on the phone with her like a week or two ago, and she got quiet, and we were talking about what I was going to do for the weekend, and she was like, you know, I think I'm going to go check out the Hate You Give, and I said, mm. what? I haven't even read that book, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and I was like, "You're gonna go see the Hate You Give?" Okay, this is. And if you if you guys don't know, that's a movie about um, a young black teenager in um, I don't know where it takes place. It was shot in Atlanta, the film itself. But anyway, a young black teenager gets pulled over by the cops and gets shot. Um, and it's just about the repercussions of that incident. Anyway, my mom was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go see it. I love the book. I really enjoyed it." I was like, "Okay." And the next thing she said was, "You know." I watched the debate. She lives in she lives in Missouri, right? Really, really um, hotly contested race um, for Senate in Missouri right now, where the Democratic incumbent um, is really in danger of losing her seat. And there's a you know a Trump uh, kind of Trump flag waving Republican is in, is her uh, is her uh, opponent. And my mom said she had watched the debate, and then she was like, I don't really like that. That what's his face? I forget his name now. I don't really like that that Republican. You know, but I you know. Uh, and she started talking, saying some positive things about the Democrat candidate. And I was like, okay, hold your breath. Don't screw this up. <laughs> Don't screw this up, Mandy. Shut. Don't. Mm-mm. And then she said, you know, Mandy, I feel like this year is going to be a big year for me. I feel like I am more aware of what's going on. And I might be uh, making some changes, dot, dot, dot. And I just said nothing. I literally held my breath. And I was like, mm-hmm. But inside I'm dancing because I'm like, something is shifting. Like she's, I feel like um, if she's been able to sort of change 
the way that she's voting or at least thinking about politics in a different way, that gives me so much heart um, and so much hope that maybe we will see some real change with this election coming up. You know, I just think so much has happened where you just can't ignore it. And I love that, that cause not everyone's open. That's like, like, cause you know, my dad and it's like traditional, like, you know, older, like, you know, especially when people get older, if, if they grew up Christian, they tend to be like hyper Christian during that time. And so, um, he was like very much like, you know, I think, you know, homosexuality is bad. When Ellen came out, he was like, no, 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 turn off the TV, you know? <laughs> but then he was like, so my dad's really big in watching political channels. It's like, I love, like, so he loves Rachel Maddow. Yeah. Like, lo- oh, when I say loves, yo, I was like, looking. I remember he was like, Tiffany, have you watched Rachel? Oh, I just love Rachel. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was looking at myself, I thought to myself, do you know, daddy, <laughs> like Rachel... <laughs> She's as gay as they come. I didn't tell him that, but I was like, mm-hmm. you love Rachel, don't do you? Mm-hmm. I don't think he knew at first. And then I don't know if she came out on, on TV or, or if it came out. And then he was like, oh, Tiffany, did you, did you know that Rachel was gay? I was like, she is. And I could see he was grappling with it. Like, I, I love Rachel. Rachel's <laughs> gay. And so he kind of left it there and still was watching. And so, and then one day, like maybe last year, my dad was ca- talking casual, um, talking casually. He was saying something, something. Yeah, Rachel, she was saying that her and her partner that she, I couldn't believe it. I was like, did my father say partner? Oh, <laughs> and he was just using it like mm-hmm, her and her partner that they should be able to. And I agree, I think that. And I was just like, look at the world changing. You've changed a little Ebo man <laughs> from somebody who just was like has this singular focus about this is what. I don't get homosexuality, so it's it's wrong and it's terrible and this this and that. But then someone that you respect so much and that you think is so awesome happens to be the very thing that you're like must be so terrible and wrong, and it calls into question what you believe. And not that I think that he's like you know, I mean I'm sure he still has his you know obviously beliefs about you know Christianity, but it, he's realizing that it's not as black and white as as people would make it, you know. And I just love the fact that like you know. He, that if he, as old as he is in his 70s, can make the switch, I think like anyone can kind of make the switch. So I love that. Tiff, I have to tell you. So you know how we talk about my Jamal? Uh-huh, yes. I, ha- I have another name. I found out another guy listens and his name is Ian. Okay, Ian. <laughs> hey, Ian. He works with me and I found out he listened to our podcast and I did. I died. <laughs> he doesn't know it, Ian. I know you're, if you're listening, I really died. He's like – we were on a we were talking about something at work and he was like, So I heard on that Paychecks and Balances crossover episode, man, me and my wife are going through something similar, you know, where I'm thinking about uh, you know, covering some whatever. I'm not putting his business out there, but he quoted something from the show and I was like, Ian, shut your face. <laughs> Y'all, isn't it crazy? <laughs> like whenever people like, you know, like actually listen, I mean, it's even when women, I'm like, Really? I just always feel like I'm talking to you. I'm like, Hey Mandy, and I'm like, wait. What? Especially when people now, because they know I'm not a hugger, so they love hugging me and they give me two, one for me, one for you. Um, and so when people like just come up to me and they're like, oh my God, I love the podcast. Tell me and I said, hi, how's the house going? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, y'all really listen? If, you know, Give her two hugs from me, you guys, <laughs> two. <laughs> and squeeze really hard and linger. <laughs> Don't do that because then I'm definitely going to be like, you know what? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. 
Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Oh, anything else from you, Mandra? Let's move it on to boost and break. How about that? I like that. I think I got a good one. Okay. What are you going to do? Are you going to boost? Break. Are you going to boost? Are you going to break? Are you going to boost? Are you going to break? That was Uh, a little impromptu. You're welcome. That was impressive. (laughs) They're not always impressive, but that was pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good. I want to do a break real quick. I want to do a break for just, I'm just speaking to people out there who are maybe early in their careers or, uh, you know, it's a, it's a hot job market right now. A lot of people are trying to move around jobs. We're hiring a lot at my company. I'm doing a lot of interviews. I am like just, you know, stockpiling tips on resume writing and cover letters and interview process and whatever. But if you're out there and you're in the interview process, here's, here's a lesson in what not to do. Okay. So we had an open position here had a lovely um, person apply for this job. And um, after a couple of rounds of interviews and then taking a, we give certain positions a test to see if they're qualified. First test was like, okay. Um, And then we decided to do a second test because I was a little bit on the fence. And based on that second test and then feedback from a couple of other people who'd be working with this person, decided, decided not to move forward with the applicant. And instead of, you know, we have a recruiter on our team who's, you know, helping us um, communicate with our applicants because there's so many different candidates out there and sent this person a a letter, just, you know, an email just saying, you know, we're no, you know, we're not going to move forward with your application or something like that. And I didn't think anything about it until like a week later, that same recruiter, we were talking about like the status update. And she was like, just so you guys know, we got a really terrible glass door interview review, which I didn't even know you could review the interview process on Glassdoor. But our company, this this person turned around after not getting a job, was so upset about it. And I guess like the sense of entitlement was so strong that they decided to go to Glassdoor and write a whole like takedown of the interview process and how unprofessional we were. And during the interview process, and here's what, what kills me, it's not just about, you know, don't be a, a jerk, you know, who writes a, you know, a petty review if you don't get a job, but it was it was about this person wasn't terrible. Like it wasn't the fact that they didn't have potential that we didn't you know extend an offer to them. It was there are a lot of other um, candidates in the mix, and they were just had more experience or they had they were more seasoned than you were. And I legit told the recruiter when um, I told her to you know let the candidate off easy to tell her that I'm happy to mentor her and help her improve. On you know certain areas because I I felt this and I get really like I you know this person I felt like I identified with them they're young they're earlier in their career but they have a lot of potential whatever but she went and did this and I'm like 
now you have, instead of taking that email from the recruiter, which says, you know, Mandy's happy to talk to you and emailing me, you know, to ask, you know, hey, I'd love more information on why this didn't work out or whatever, where I can improve to go and do this like Yelp takedown, basically, um, of the interview process, like, I'm never going to refer you for a job. Like, this is a very small world, you know, the world that I operate in. Um, And it just shocked me that someone would choose to burn a bridge like that. Um, and so immaturely. And so if you guys are out there and you're interviewing, just just listen, like we read the Glassdoor reviews and it's not super hard to tell who it is who's written them uh, based on what you put in there. And just because you get turned down for a job, you know, doesn't mean that there's not an opportunity to make a connection, like leave, yeah. like at least leave a good, like we have jobs open all the time. And the first thing I did when we had these eight opens, eight openings um, come to be is I went back to the last you know, crop of resumes and interviews to say, who did I like from the last batch? Is anyone still available? You know, well, you, we may come around to you in the next round. Like you want to keep that door open. Yeah. So with my sister, she has since moved from Jersey to Chicago um, years ago, but she was like, literally there are people that she sees from Jersey, like at the jobs and job interviews in Chicago and in her field. Um, and so you, that was just really a really foolish move and immature because you just don't know when you're going to see people again. And, um, yeah, it's just burning your bridges is never a good thing if you can help it. Um, and, yeah, that was just foolish because now if you were to see her, you know, 10 years from now, you might be like, ooh, I don't know. She's, that one seems like a troublemaker, you know? Yeah, or just um, just immature and not willing to have a teaching moment or learn where you can improve or just like the sense of entitlement. Like, I thought it went really well. The hiring manager had positive feedback, but I still didn't get the, you know, and just to criticize, ah, I don't know, just to take it so personally like that. And um, I, I, I wish her all the best, but I, you know, my first job I got in New York City, it was exactly that. It was, I got an, I had an internship and then I got a job from someone who remembered me from that internship you know, two years later, and then the next job after that, guess what? The editorial assistant, which is like the bottom, the 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 lowest rung on the totem pole, um, in in uh, publishing, she was now an editor, and she remembered me like five years later for a job, mm. and she reached out to me. And at the time, she was like really low, but then she became an editor, and that you know she brought me up. So I've learned firsthand the value of, and I'm not going to say I'm perfect. Oh, there's bridges I have burned, and I regret mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but this just struck me and I, and I'm just, as a warning, you know, Glassdoor is out there. I, people are using it and just be careful, you know, how you choose to use Glassdoor because people watch and we read and we talk and, uh, it can, you can end up hurting yourself down the line and makes you in ways you may not understand just now in the heat yeah. of that emotion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, don't be Nikki and Cardi if you can help it basically. Right. That's the lesson of all this. Just be Queen Latifah. <laughs> So um, mine, um, I'm going to do a small little boost and then like a a, a small little uh, break and a a bigger boost. So my computer, I've got um, like, I guess, Google Chrome. Like that's the that's the browser I use. And I don't know if anybody else is using Chrome, Mm -hmm. but for some reason, like the Facebook is sending like the pop up notifications. I can't turn them off. I tried everything. I've Googled everything. I've written Facebook. I don't know what happened. And I'm getting, I don't want to see Mandy liked your picture. Someone sent you a message. Like it just keeps popping up. <laughs> Wait a second. 
Are you that old lady who's using the podcast for tech support? <laughs> and so when I tell you, like, yo, it's popping up every two seconds, and I can weep, and I've tried every day. So, um, yeah, that's just my little break. Um, you know, I've, I've come to grips with it. I just, when I see it, I'm just like, no. my left eye twitches. Low-key notifications, I mean, so that's so distracting if you're at work or trying to get stuff done, yeah. like all the pings and the pop-ups and the, the, the bouncing icons and stuff. Like I try to yes. shut that all down. It is so distracting. Yes. And I don't know what to do. So I'm going to have to find a, you know, some young millennial techie. Throw it out so, the window. Right? <laughs> I'm getting a new computer. That's it. <laughs> so that's my little break is those daggone. And it just came out of nowhere, those daggone notifications. Anyway... My boost, though, is Mandy. Have you been watching Red Table Talks with with Jada Pinkett um, and her mom and her daughter? I have. I watched. I I was just listening to the one with Will Smith that came on like last week. Is that what you're going to talk about? Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. It was I, good. I, right. So the second one just came out. I haven't watched the second one yet, but I think I'm going to have Superman watch the first and second one with me. Um, but I haven't. I mean, it is so like the first one was so good. It's just. I just love this, the the transparency that they're showing, um, you know, that like everything is not perfect um, and how hard they have to work on their marriage. And like the fact, like if you listen, there's so many jewels drop, like the fact they went to communication classes, mm-hmm. the fact that they set a standard in the beginning, like honestly, um, um, Superman and I did that because I was like, I don't, I don't want to grow up in a, or I don't want to, um, you know, yell and, and cuss and fuss at each other so we like made that a rule meanwhile i'm the one who breaks it because you know i don't know i'm trying to be better <laughs> i'm like he's the I, he, I thought that he was gonna be like the yeller but i'm the one he's like why why is your voice raising <laughs> my voice is not raising <laughs> and i'm like it is, it is he's a way better communicator meanwhile i had all of these rules about how we're going to communicate with respect and i'm the one who i'm like tiffany look at yourself in the mirror look at yourself um so no but i just thought it was really Beautiful. So I can't wait to um, watch the second one. I love that. Like even like the story of how they met was pretty amazing and how Will was just really clear that he wanted to get married that he wanted to have a family. And um, I was talking to like, um, so Superman this weekend was that we were at um, my parents' house and what, what started off as like, oh, can you help me do this one favor in the basement became like a, almost a remodel. <laughs> we've been there every we've been there at their house more than our house and so he was just redoing like the plumbing in their um in their master bath because there was like a little bit of a leak my mom wanted new fixtures because one of the little like the hot handle on the sink wasn't turning I mean just everything toilet was run I mean my mom has gotten her her money's worth child um and so um and even when I brought Supergirl like we brought Supergirl on Saturday she gave poor Supergirl, because meanwhile, Supergirl is, because she's his only child, and, like, she's got three adults in her life that, like, so she doesn't, she's not used to, like, doing as much stuff as she ought to, quite honestly, because I'm always getting on them about, she needs more chores, but as soon as she walked into my mother's house, my mother was like, here's a rag, I'm going to need you to wipe down the <laughs> <laughs> She looked so shocked, like, wait, I don't, I don't understand, I'm like, that's called a rag, and we're cleaning. <laughs> But then she, my mom ended up giving her like a little bit of money just to be like, she's like, I want her to come back. I'm like, to clean mommy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was just really like awesome. And I, I say all that to say that somebody hit me behind the scenes and said, dang girl. Cause I think I like, he fixed their sink and I, I was, I put it on IG stories and, and he was dancing to the door song. He did it. We did it. We did it. Lauren Simos. And um, she was like, dang girl, how you get him to do all that? I can't even get a text back. 
And I just thought, like, I don't get him to do all of that, that there are men out there who are already in that space. And I think that that's what I like about Red Table Talks is that it shows that, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, you have to be open to the fact that sometimes the, the person that you're wanting, that you're looking for might not look exactly like what the picture you have in your mind. And so you want to be really clear about what you desire in a person. I knew I wanted somebody who was intrinsically kind. I like literally wrote these things down. I wanted somebody who was generous. You know, I wanted somebody who was considerate. And like I told myself, if he is a five foot five Asian man, okay, not that I have anything wrong with Asian men, but I'm not naturally attracted to Asian men. But I told myself I was going to be open to that. My, the, the Whoever I love might not look like you know, like what I had in my mind, but would feel like what I needed in my life. And, you know, Superman happens to be um, chocolate. So I was like, Woo-hoo, thank you, Jesus. But, you know, if he wasn't, but he had all of those characteristics, I, you know, I likely would still love him. Um, not likely, I would. And so, I mean, Red Table Talks just shows you that there are men out there who are already predisposed to wanting more. And not everybody is playing. Not everybody is like, you know, tricking out here in these streets. And so, Ladies, there is hope. I mean, not that Superman is perfect because he's not. Um, but like, I fell in the toilet the other day. I was like, "Sir, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know when you leave the toilet seat up?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "It was like the first time that happened." I'm realized I'm surprised that you know that hasn't happened more. But like, you know, middle of the night, you go to the bathroom. I literally was like, "I'm sitting, I'm sitting in toilet." I water. would have woken <laughs> him up by pouring a bucket of toilet water on his face. <laughs> you know, I was so because now I'm like now I've got to wash because what how am I gonna go to bed with a wet boot? Mm-hmm. What you like? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> no, I gotta take a full shower at one a.m. That's what we're doing. So <laughs> other than that, though, he's great. No, but so yeah, Red Table Talks. That is my brown boost. And if you watch it, tweet us at it's, it's the BA Podcast on Twitter, right? It is. Yeah, so tell me, like, your favorite parts. And I haven't watched part two, but you can tweet me those, too, because I'm sure I'll watch it by the time this this airs. It's on Facebook, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Okay. Any any other questions? Oh, a real question? Okay, cool. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I always do that. I, I X out my tab as I'm aimlessly clicking things. Hold on. Well, while we wait for Mandy to open her tab, if you've got questions, you can email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, because we love your questions. Or you can go to, um, you know what? Where can you <laughs> go, Tiff? Where can you go? <laughs> you did really good. I did. I was so happy with myself. And then and then just like quickly. I don't know. I my memory is really terrible. Like I'll have it and then what will happen is I will um I'll get nervous about it and then I'm like, I don't know it. <laughs> you know it. What's our website? Brown Brown Ambition Podcast? Yes. <laughs> oh yes, So you can hit us, ask us anything. Um and yeah, we'd love your questions. Whatever, girl. I'm uh, still shaky sometimes too. But yeah, any question? <laughs> What's the next question? Thank you. I found the question like five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for the cover. <laughs> yeah, we have a really we have a we have a good question. Speaking of cries for help, so this comes from a anonymous. Oh, clever. Um, a dot anonymous. So this listener, I think this is 
this is a good question. I think everyone can relate to this. She says, hi, hey, Mandy and Tiffany. I'm absolutely ashamed to be asking this, but after listening to your podcast for so long, I feel like this is a safe space. It is to ask this anonymous question that I'm sure many of your readers can relate to. What advice can you give to those of us who have a long time, who have a long time to go before achieving our financial and personal goals? Like I'm talking years to get out of debt, build savings, etc. Meanwhile, I feel like everyone is glowing up, buying houses, getting married, and so on. It makes me so disgusted that I give up hope and just keep digging, going deeper into debt. I think it would be helpful to know how you ladies coped when you were in your struggle phases. Sincerely, Anonymous. Hey, A. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, I remember when Facebook kind of like, when I got on Facebook for the first time, and I was like, everyone's taking vacations every week? I just remember being so shocked at like how much the people that like I knew, not like the people I knew closely, but like, you know, like folks from college or high school that I don't necessarily talk to anymore, but watching everyone go on vacation and buy nice clothes. And, and I remember being like, but I'm broke. How, what am I doing wrong? Um, I mean, now that like I'm, I'm more into it, I realized a lot of people were doing that off of credit cards. And so they didn't have what you thought they had. Um, but honestly, here's the thing. And I had to tell this to my friend the other day because he was struggling with like, you know, he's like, I've got a very active social life and I, I want to still go to the club and vacations with my friends and fancy dinners and blah, blah, blah. And I said, friend, you can either take the big L for a short period of time. That means staying home, saving, budgeting, getting yourself together, another stream of income, all of that for a shorter period of time, like really grind during the shorter period of time. Or you could take a small L the rest of your life, meaning like you're always on the cusp of struggling forever, you know, because if you don't reset, you know, and build from a strong foundation, then it's like you're always going to be just that close to being broke, just that close to like, you know, um, check to check. And so it, it, it just took me honestly too, and it might take you staying off social media for a while. I know I did. And just, I had to focus and it took me about maybe like three or four years to like get past broke. And then like another two years to get, to get to a point where I wasn't just beyond broke. I was like, okay, you're okay. And then another year to be better than okay. So it took some time, but if I had not taken that L, you know, and during that period of time, I would still be semi-struggling, but forever. And I didn't want to be 80 and semi-struggling. I was like, well, let me just take a few years and for me to be uncomfortable in order for me to have the life that I want later. So that's my advice. Yeah. And I think as much as you can try and, well, try and, t- first of all, but social media, I would say take a break from social media if you feel like people are posting there. If it's people like, okay, listen, Tip and I have been talking about our freaking home renovations like crazy people for you know a year now. Um, and it may seem like, well, geez, they just got a house out of nowhere. They're doing so well and I'm doing so, so not well. Um, you know, ask people, how did you, how did you get to a place where you could afford a home? Okay. I started saving when I was 22 years old. Um, I was part of a company that got acquired. I made money off of that. So I'll be upfront about that. I, I, I changed jobs until I got, you know, equity and equity has been beneficial to me too in my last two jobs. So there's steps that I took to, to get to a place where I could afford a house. So I feel like instead of, feeling um, down about it, like talk to people about the steps they took to get to where they are, even if it's like offline or whatever, um, you know, uh, just like off the record to to hear the story behind what seems like a super easy, um, you know, accomplishment that they may just like post about on, on social media. And 
be clear about your goals and what you want. Um, Cause that's what could be agonizing. Like if you're not sure what you want and then you see everyone else doing something and you think, is that what I should want? I don't have that yet. You know, I should want that. I want that. No. Nah. And then you start feeling terrible about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, around for me buying a house that I had to, I had to really have a come to Jesus situation with myself. Do I really want a house? Um, and what does that say about me and how I, how I use my money that I've worked hard to, to, to build up. Um, you know, and I, I had, and I, and I'll tell you point blank, I've struggled with going back and forth. Um, you know, is buying a house the right thing? Is this the right way to invest my money? I don't have it entirely figured it out. Like talk to me in 10 years and I'll tell you if it was a good idea that I, you know, bought this house. Um, yeah. So just, I, I, all you can do, I think is talk to people and then listen to their self-doubt, you know, listen to their insecurity, listen to, you know, the steps they took to accomplish those goals to maybe learn something from them or to take heart in the fact that not everyone has everything figured out. And then dust your hands off and get back to work on accomplishing your goals because, you know, steeping yourself in feelings of negativity or in scarcity um, or feeling like you're never going to accomplish your goals, that, that definitely won't get you to your goals. You know, that's the surefire way not to accomplish your goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but think about the actionable things you can do to, to get there. And, um, you know, if there's any drastic changes you can make to, to put yourself on the track that you want to, that you want to be on. And then too, finding like, right. Finding like your squad, because like having a group of peers who too, who also was kind of like in the same space, like wanting to do more, you know, still struggling a little bit. And so we, I have like a squad of people that we kind of grew up together and it was random. Some people I met at coffee shops, some people I met at networking events, some people, small business association. Um, um, just so, so as I started to build like those people and it didn't mean that we all collectively hung out together, but like, you know, my friend Cabral or my friend Mark, they're not necessarily friends, but these are folks that when I was building, so were they. So it normalized the process of like, I don't have it. I remember like, um, like maybe a couple of years ago when I was really struggling and I was like, Oh, Mark, man, I'm, you know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, like I'm late on my bills. And he was like, Ooh, I thought I was the only one. And we both started laughing and it normalized the process for us. Like, okay, late on your bills happens. You didn't kill anybody. And so now Mark does very well. He's got like five or six laundromats and Charlotte, North Carolina, he had an investment property in Newark that he sold recently. And so like we laugh about those times. So finding like people in your position that are also growing and building is going to help, too, because it will normalize that this part of the of the journey is is okay, And it's there's nothing wrong with it. It's just this is part of the journey. I had to cut a friend early in my 20s who was she had money when none of us did. And we would go out and she would want to pay for everything, but then like low key make you feel bad for not wanting to pay for everything. And it was a really toxic friendship. And it was Um, almost like we were the friends that she kept around to make herself feel better about where she was at financially. And as soon as I recognized that I was like, and I'm done. I mean, it took me like a few years of this toxic friendship, but I cut that friend out. And, um, you know, if there's people in your life who, who aren't, you know, Make, who aren't supporting you or like being your cheerleader or your champion and you feel like you can't open up to them, um, just cut them, cut them out of your life. and Well, cut them out of your life. <laughs> I meant to say cut them, like take that knife, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might come to that, but hopefully not. <laughs> no, that's awesome though. But Tiff, okay. I mean, yeah, 
we we both I mean we want us to go down our list of struggles there's a long list of struggles yeah um, <laughs> but we're we're right there with you and thank you for listening to this podcast and um yeah hopefully you get support beyond this show but actually talking to people in your network or your family or your friends so that you don't feel so alone because you're definitely not you're definitely not and the truth is and not to shade um the folks who are who are posting all this stuff. Honestly, more people are struggling than you know. And I'm not saying that in a judgmental way and anything else, but like just because someone is on vacation or they bought a car or they've got, you know, like dope clothes or whatever, that does not mean that they're excluded from the financial struggle. So outward outward expression of like of of wealth and money has nothing to do with what people really have. I mean, I've seen people that like, you're like, you have money, but you look but you look homeless, you know? <laughs> and I've seen people who look like they have money and they actually do have money. And then I've seen people who look like wealth and are totally broke. So there's no way to tell basically like what people have. And, you know, so a lot of people might be stunting for the gram, you know, their Facebook, Facebook, um, what is this? So they have a Facebook fortune, you know, mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily true. So just know that like, you know, not all things are real. It's like, you know, the beautiful models in, on the, in the magazine that, yes, these women are beautiful, but, you know, they're also touched up. So everybody does a little touch up on their life for social media. Amen. That Mayfair filter, though. That's my jam. <laughs> yeah, I like Mayfair. There's like <laughs> another one that I like, too. <laughs> yeah. Hudson. All right. Thank you, Anonymous, for your question. And again, you guys can go to brownambitionpodcast.com. Hit, uh, ask us anything to send us a question or you can hit us up at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com with your questions. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> no, I just said dot com. Oh, I know. I said yes, ma'am. Oh. <laughs> 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 All right. Those are really great questions. Um, so um, what do we usually end with? Is that what we end with? I think we were supposed to do the boost at the end now, but like I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you need no, a producer we're, we're uh no but this is awesome i honestly just and honestly i love that the feedback that we got from the uh, battle of the sexes so many people hit me up and said do that again honestly so i would love to have like you know to to, to have we'd love to have more people on the podcast um and more guys to kind of give their point of view and this time we should really have a battle because i feel like that was everybody was so nice and we need the gloves to come off you know they all talk like this. <laughs> I know. Have bedroom voices. Like, mm. Ooh, maybe we should have the hubbies on. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Woo. <laughs> that would be kind of fun, though. I feel like you know Superman already thinks that he's part of the podcast, so um, mm. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that he might be partially open to that. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.